What up, my OKLoholics? Welcome to part two of Thursday Takedown. Make sure if you didn't listen to part one, go back and listen as Mike and Eric were on. Michael is on part two here. We'll discuss with the battle of the two Mikes who comes out in this NBA talk with a little college basketball. But before we get started, here is a little bit of sideline to sideline to start you off before we get into hard, heavy hitting action. Sideline to sideline, the side story for some of the lighter news in terms of sports. I first want to start off with a recent event that just happened, and it broke kind of Instagram. So a little girl, believe it or not, Mike, wrote to Steph Curry about one of his sneakers coming out, the Curry 5s not being in a girl size for kids, right? And, you know, and she was also wondering about the Curry 6. So believe it or not, Steph wrote her back and talked to Under Armour, and she will now get the first... Um, pair in line to get Curry 6. First off, I think, though, it's a dumb move by Under Armour. How do you not make it both things? I mean, Curry did say in the letter that it was primarily, you know, that Under Armour made it for a boy sneaker. But, I mean, still, though, you gotta look at both sides. I mean, everybody wants the newest kicks, boy and girl. True, true, true. And I think that's where Under Armour needs to get it right at, man, you know, because... That shoe, being a basketball shoe, I feel like they don't make a lot of basketball shoes for girls in every brand. So I think this is a this is an eye opening for uh, a lot of brands, not just Under Armour. Well, the Curry Five will be coming out soon, but I mean, in terms of Steph sneakers games, is it is it good? Is it bad? I mean, the Curry Five is meh to me. So what do you think though about Steph's shoe legacy? I mean, remember he has had a history of having, if not one of the ugliest sneakers. So, you know, but I guess the legacy of the player, and especially when you have more rings with MJ, uh, it, your, your shoe game can rise up to the ranks. I guess so, but I, I did the mix of these shoes, I, I think it's just the legacy. It's not about the shoe. Uh, that'd be one shoe that I'd probably just have if I was a Curry fan, but... You're not. If you, you, rather, the, you rather rep LeBron I, or Jumpman? I, yeah, correct, correct, correct. What, what particular sneakers do you rock the most, in your opinion? Mm. I mean, what's your favorite? I know you used to work at Adidas, so yeah. do you have a favoritism toward Adidas? You know me, I'm a Nike boy. I love me some Jumpman as well. Nah, now when it comes to shoes, I'm more of a Nike fan. I'm more of a Jordan fan than I am. Than but you don't wear that much J's. I mean, I've seen you wear a couple times your 11s and stuff. Is the 11s the only pair that you wear? No, 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 no. 11s, 4s, got 11s, 4s, 6s, or 7s. I just don't like to wear them as much as I used to do in my younger days, but now mm. it's like a box collection. Though. Box collection, yeah. huh? Box collection. It's a show that I had. To I say, I say, my favorite Jordan. I say have to be um, the Elevens, and uh, and I like the threes a little. You can't yeah. go wrong with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, how about this? On uh, this probably should have been on what the what. So LSU linebacker Devin White um, recently just had a closed day at Tiger Stadium. Nice cool day. Likely just doing this for some photo ops. Remember, he's a he's a good kid, right? From a from a humble beginning, um, in in where he comes from, and it, and it's just breaking the internet right now. I mean, he's from Spring Hill High School, um, and that high school is currently located in Louisiana. So you know, country boy loves his horses. He actually brought his horse for on campus and decided to bring a little trot to it on campus. And I mean, it was pretty interesting. If you haven't seen the video 
it's probably pretty interesting. The, the horse was just tricking. I'm just showing my, look at this, nice strides, tricky trot, trickety trot, you know, like a little show pony right there. I mean, you know, usually on college, it's, you know, the big cars, the best things, but to bring a horse to campus? You bring a horse from your family ranch to the campus? That shows his side of his family, you know what I'm saying? And that's something different. I respect this 100%. Like, 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 like you said, it's all about the cars and stuff like that. I'm showing my horse. This is something that I grew up with. But I mean, I, I mean, be honest with me. If I'm pulling up to work at a with a horse, right, compared to a car, I'm getting home in a horse. This ain't this ain't 1912 though. Hey. I mean, come on, Mike. Might be bringing it back to that days, man. And remember, with horses, you ain't gotta worry about oh, checking the ignition, checking the uh, see if I got. You gotta gas. feed it. You yeah. gotta take care of it. All you gotta do is feed the horse, man. And make sure it's in good condition yeah. before you put down. I mean, it looks expensive than a car. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Conor McGregor was just recently doing some training. His son um, and his father were getting in some work done. How about this, uh, Mike, right here? Just Conor and his son just showing up. You got Connor doing his thing, Connor doing his thing, and then you got his son. Look at that, bam, showing in some little stuff and a little stride there, and then his dad getting in some work. I mean, the family bonding, huh? But I, but I, but I think his son is building up, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. You see that? You see that arm that he got there, man? That's hey. We might be seeing a Conor McGregor Jr. in a couple of years, man. Like, you, think, you think it'll live up to the legacy of his dad? I, I definitely believe so. <laughs> How about this? This is a local high school basketball game. This kid, I think, probably is like a huge ankle breaker than even any one of the um, things right now for basketball. Take a look at this. Comes off. Okay, comes off after the zone. Coming, coming. Two defenders coming. <laughs> the reaction pulls up and I think he makes the shot and it does go good. Yeah. Mike, I mean, I mean, we you played at the basketball Thanksgiving game. I don't think that even comes close to what you did. Oh uh, man, it really does not come close to what I did. It. If I was one of those defenders though, man, I'd just go hide away from that high school for years, man, because that's that's too embarrassing right there, man. That's just go ahead and hang up the, the, the shoes and everything, man. The year's over. <laughs> well, speaking of shoes, uh, continuing on with some kicks, how about Russell Westbrook? After all, he's a Jordan athlete. He's been giving out the past two weeks after some good hard-fought victories, some kicks to the kids. I mean, isn't this more honesty sportsmanship for that? Yeah, most definitely. I, 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 I'm, I'm a grown man now, and I'm, I'm, I would be enlightened of this right here. I mean, right. I mean, still, you still got to um, give him credit for that. Yeah. How about in college football? So Cliff Kingsbury out at Texas Tech, one of the big coaching changes. But believe it or not, Clay Helton's going to keep his job, according to former Steeler great and athletic director Lynn Swan. And for Kingsbury, he gets at least a little light because he's going to be the new offensive coordinator at USC. I think this is big, especially for recruiting. I know maybe as a head coach it wasn't good, but remember, this was the man that brought up Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, and turned up the air raid offense at Texas A&M. Do you think Cliff Kingsbury coming to USC helps the tr the Trojans maybe next year for their potential prospects? Oh yeah, most definitely. And the Trojans need this spark. They need. They, they need. First off, they need they, to find a quarterback because miss they miss Sammy D this yeah, year. Yeah, really do, really do, really do. They need some spark, man. It's time for the Trojans to actually build something. I don't say everything is going to come together now, but this is like you said, the recruiting class, everything. It just needs to come together now.
And last but not least, a, a big signing in the NFL. So recently, uh, I hate to turn it down on sideline to sideline, but Reuben Foster, you know, had to deal with um, his thing. Uh, Doug Williams, who um, is a player representative for the Washington Redskins, defends the signing of Reuben Foster, giving him a chance. Now, he's not going to play for a while. He's on the, the um, NFL's um, currently ineligible list to play right now. But what do you think, though, about Reuben Foster, despite um, some of his up-and-down NFL career? I mean, it, it, it's pretty. You hate to see a player like this, though, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But in in order for his chance, I think because uh, it, it's kind of hard to give NFL players chances anyway. Right. So it, yeah. It, it, it's like you're kind of. It's very rare. Yeah. But you're kind of risking it right now, and, and I, I I just say go ahead, go ahead. You, you see what you get. You see what you get. I mean. Mm-hmm. And, and last but not least, um, two things lastly. I know I said it, but I just found this interesting right now. The New York Yankees, of course, they, they I'm still dealing with the pains of gearing down by the water a lot. But the Yankees, I've been talking about how they need pitching desperately. And already at Yankee Stadium, they already posted a little vignette about trying to get Patrick Corbin, who's a great ace, has a great fastball of miles per hour. Mike, I mean, if you're doing anything to get a free agent, I mean, the Heat did it back uh, a year ago with Gordon Hayward putting up a vignette. I hope this this works out and doesn't end up not being um, what you need because, I like I keep telling people, the Yanks are just a pitcher away from going to the World Series. Mm. What do you think of the vignette? And in the state that this is New York, I mean... If you don't get this guy, what happens? Like, all of this you're doing right here, if, you, if somebody else winds up getting, let's say if Boston winds up getting this guy. Oh, God, that, please. That, they already have enough pitching. They have enough talent. Yeah. We need to compete with them. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Would, would, wouldn't that be a little more fire to the stone? You just feel like, man, wow. No, no, Boston's already loaded. We need more. Yeah. How about, lastly, LeBron James's son? He's been hinting. I mean, it is kind of his year close. He's been wanting to be a Duke Blue Devil, and I mean Duke, and we'll talk college b-ball a little later, but Coach K, how do you think him, I mean Zion will likely be gone by then, but how do you think, though, if LeBron's son goes to Duke? This will be amazing, man. You think they're going to win national championships? No, why not? I mean, do do you think this Duke team now, because we're going to talk about it later, I think that it's overhyped for the Duke train. Mm. You know, because me being a UNC fan, I know they're not going anywhere, but I see Villanova getting that dynasty this year. Mm, Or or Kansas or Gonzaga. Mm. But no, this will be a legacy right here. This will be... This will be on top of LeBron's legacy right here. Really? Because he's going to Duke, yeah. Man. Coach K? Whew. Imagine if LeBron went to college um, before leaving uh, St. Mary's before entering the NBA. Could you imagine what we probably would have seen? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we talk about how college is crazy now, mm-hmm. but, and of course, being the one and done, but mm-hmm. you never, you can never, ever imagine that. Right. Sideline to sideline, folks, let's get back right to it with some NFL picks. All right, Kalo uh, Hollicks, we're back on, and it's now time uh, after some college predictions to get into the grown man's game, the NFL. So we already predicted a few games, of course, Cowboys, Saints, and then Giants, Bears. We all think that Chicago could get it done, but we're just saying be antsy. Let's look at the rest of Sunday's contests around the league. First off, in Atlanta, uh, Lamar Jackson to get his third straight start against uh, the Falcons and Matt Ryan, who desperately need a win to try to stay in that playoff race. Mike, do you see Lamar Jackson continuing 
um, the the era, as Michael Crabtree has called it? Or do you think the Falcons get back on track and stick true to try to get that uh, wild card playoff spot? Oh, man, I think it's more about Baltimore than it is about Falcons. I think the Falcons are put up for the rest of the year. The performance they've been showing for the last couple of games is, has been disgraceful. And Lamar Jackson, what he's showing is like, look at the teams he's been playing against. Like the Falcons are just one of those teams. So I think it's going to be another win for Baltimore. Lamar Jackson might just be the main quarterback after this one. But um, yeah. You know, I honestly questioned about Lamar Jackson. Not saying that the Ravens didn't need a quarterback in the draft, but I wasn't just too sure about Lamar Jackson. I thought, you know, we hyped him up as being the next Michael Vick. I think that was just a little too testy. Um, you know, let him come into his own. I think, though, he'll still be a productive quarterback, but I didn't expect him to go bananas. But he's been playing exceptional both as a passer and as a runner. Um, you know, and, and, I, and I'm and i saying to myself for the Steelers, this is what we need to watch out for many years to come. I know way back when we talked uh, back in week two how you said Baltimore is creeping up. I think, you know, if the Steelers start to struggle, the Ravens could try to steal away this division as you expected. I didn't see it as much because of – Fluco, Flacco, but, you know, with Lamar and the way that he's played. But then again, the opponents that he's played, the Bengals and the Raiders, this is, I think, a true test game for me to believe because I still have hunch. You know, obviously, I'm not taking the Ravens because Steeler ties. Falcons, I think, get it done. Matt Ryan needs a good game. Julio Jones and company need a good game. It's at home. It's at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And I'm telling you, the the win, when Georgia beats Alabama, that's going to carry off into the Falcons' help. So I know the turds have tied. I know there's just I feel like there's a win cycle between the Georgia Bulldogs and the Atlanta Falcons. If if what happened with the Super Bowl to the Falcons happened with Georgia for the national championship, I feel if Georgia wins this, this is maybe a tide circling. So that maybe even if the Falcons don't make it this year, they're going to make it next year. And I highly believe that. Cincinnati, Denver. The Broncos have been streaking as of late. The Bengals are without Andy Dalton out for the season uh, with a broken thumb. So I think it's a clear consensus despite the games in Cincinnati. I think the Broncos get it done in the Queen City um, between between them. Uh, Keep in mind, both are at five and six. So they're actually playing for something. But I do think Denver knocks this one out. They've been doing pretty good for lately. So, yeah. No Andy Dalton. I'm not sure. This is, will be real tough for Joe Mixon if he can carry this team because, you know, and no A.J. Green now. I, I You know, to think that I thought that the Bengals would be near the Steelers in terms of our division. Man, how times have changed from, from September, huh, Mike, yeah. to now our cold weather. Uh, Rams, Lions, Ford Field. I think we're, we're going for the Rams on this one. Yeah, most definitely. Rams get another win. The struggling Green Bay Packers against the potential first-round overall draft pick Cardinals in Green Bay. Can Aaron Rodgers get back on track in this one in Frosty Lambeau, or does Josh Rosen maybe pull off the upset being a Bruin beating down a Cal Bear? I think this is going to be the least-watched game on Sunday. Simply the fact that both teams is just terrible right now at the moment. Um I say maybe Aaron Rodgers does do a little something, something, not not something spectacular, but a little something. I agree too. So far, we have been just knocking out of the park. Contestants win, 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 with the exception of Cowboys, Saints. How about Browns, Texans? I think this one could be a very interesting one. The Browns, believe it or not, are creeping up in the playoff standing. Whoever thought we talk about this Cleveland Browns team this year in terms of the playoffs? They're still there, you know that four, six, and one, so they're mathematically still there. 
They're facing a Texans team that has gone on an eight-game winning streak. Does Baker continue off his November magic, or does Deshaun Watson and the Texans end it in H-Town? I think Deshaun Watson, guys, that that Houston, Texas has got too much. They're doing too much right now, and we've got to be impressed by the way they're they're playing, but I think this is too much for Cleveland right now. I I think Cleveland's going to chalk up another L for this one. I'm going to say, though, that this is a high-scoring game. I do think the Texans get it done, but I'm saying don't be surprised if it's 41-35 Texans, you know, because Baker has been on fire as of late. I think the fire keeps up, you know, on defense. Houston's defense, you know, I think they're getting better. Um, But, you know, for some reason or another, I think even Baker might have a little onus on this game because, remember, these two quarterbacks played each other in the college football playoff in the Orange Bowl. And remember, Baker got beaten. Deshaun Watson rose to the occasion. So this is a bit of revenge game, even though it's undermined. I'm looking forward to that, but I think Deshaun still gets it done. Colts, Jaguars, and in, in, um, Duval. I can't say it with much pride now because the Jaguars are down, but um, I think the Colts get it done in Jacksonville, seven and five. Yeah, I think so too. The Colts are going to get it done. Peep up at seven and five. Try to push for that wild card spot. Get behind the Texans, maybe to steal their division. Yeah. We said Buffalo, Miami. We all locked in the Dolphins, Giants, Bears, Carolina, Tampa Bay. Same thing. Uh, Panthers, I think, end their losing streak. Or do you think Tampa pulls off the upset? Mm, you know, Tampa's got a win winning a couple of games. They said something about Jameis Winston last week. Um, mm, it's just kind of. Yeah, I gotta go with Cam Newton, though. I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go upset here. I'm gonna say that the Bucks get it done. It's in Tampa. Um, you know, depending on how the weather is upstate, I know we've been dealing with a little frosty here, so, you know, that might help a little bit. I don't know. There's just something I feel the Buccaneers might maybe make a last minute hurrah this season, um, even though they're not getting into the playoffs. Um, I think though, I I see something, I don't know what, but I think that they build off some momentum. I see them going in, um, on it. Kansas city, Oakland chiefs. Yeah, uh, Chiefs as well, yeah. We don't even need to say that. <laughs> okay, how about before we get out of the basement of some Snores Fest games, Jets-Titans in the Music City, uh, Marcus Marietta, so another sloppily tight game, but at least something where it could go up and down. Sam Darnold is likely to come back uh, this week to play the Titans. Do they get it done in the Music City, or do you see Mariota and the and the Titans bouncing back after Monday night. I don't know why I feel like Mariota will bounce back. I, I just, I just, I got so much faith in Mariota ever since he's got drafted as Tennessee quarterback. Um, I, I, yeah, I believe Tennessee will pull this one. Go six to six. I, I think so too. And he, even if Sam Darnold comes back, that Titans defense is still pretty good. Um, I think they're one of the top five defenses in the league. Mike Vrabel has done a really good job, um, bringing that good mentality to Houston. But um, I think you know, still, it's a consensus. The Jets still have long ways to go before they make strides, so it is what it is before they get to it. Okay, so but, uh, so lastly, before we get out of our, our doldrums into some big-time games, San Francisco-Seattle, Nick Mullins uh, travels to um, Russell Wilson Nation, the 12th man, I think, lastly, uh, Seahawks get it done. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's done even. That's no question. Yeah. All right, so enough out of the basement, out of the – talk about into the fryer, right into the frying pan. Big time game, and in my opinion, the game of the week, the Patriots and the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Dalvin Cook, step right up. We got a good one here between Tom Brady, Sony Michelle, Gronk, Julian Edelman, 
in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Mike, what do we see? I said that this could be one of the games of the year. What are we going to see in Foxborough? Because I think Kirk Cousins is ready against his matchup against Tom Brady Part 2. You know, I'm one of those people that love a beautiful game. And I just think that this game should have been played Sunday night. I just, it just Compared to my Steelers and Chargers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to watch that game. But I'm are you kidding? What? Yeah. Have you not seen the Chargers of late? Yeah, yeah, I have. But I'm just saying, the, the way that this game is set up, this game has more purpose. Um, Minnesota has a lot to play for. They go, so they're going to be on Tom Brady. I believe that. And, then, you know, I'm, I'm going with Brady, yes. But ah. I'm sorry. I got to go with Brady. I always go with Brady. But um, this this game should have been played on Sunday night because it, it's it's so much behind it. It's it's so much definition. It's so much opposing against this game. It's a must win. You know, I say, oh, captain, my captain, Kirk Cousins. This is a big game for the Vikings. They've been lacking as of late, I think, for the month in order to get back their division. Because I still see for some reason, like Michael said early on in the show, the Bears do have a history. I know it's different. But for some reason, I just feel still that the Vikings are still going to take this division. And even if they get that wild card playoff spot, um, they still need to build up some momentum. We already know this Vikings team is capable. If you really want to make the believers like you had in the offseason about this team being a Super Bowl team, this is the game that has to get it done. So I'm going to go with the Vikings. I'm going to say this is a 44-41 Vikings victory overtime game in Foxborough. In Foxborough, yes, I said it. In Foxborough, come at me, Patriots fans. And I say that Kirk Cousins gets it done. I think both quarterbacks have a 300-yard pass game. Tom Brady throws four touchdowns. Kirk Cousins throws three. Dalvin Cook gets in the end zone. I think, though, that this is an important game for Mike Zimmer and company. So you're telling me that Kirk Cousins is better than Tom Brady in the clutch? I mean, look, in terms of game-winning drives, yes. But Kirk Cousins has shown some fourth-quarter magic now, mind you. Um, and I think that this this is the game that he's got to win. I, I disagree with that 100%, man. I just – I will not give the ball to Kirk Cousins. And you said 44 to 41. I, Kirk Cousins has been done by then. I don't even think he comes up to 40. I don't even think he comes up to 40 points, man. I, I just don't see it. I don't. He put it up against the Rams, and they have one of the best defenses in the league. It, this this is a whole different stage right now. Whole different stage. Mike, I don't know what you're smoking. If the if the Vikings can put up 35 against the Rams, tell me why they can't put up at least close to to 30, maybe plus against the Patriots. Nah, I just don't see it. Don't sleep on New England's defense at all as well. I know you may say they don't got a defense, but that's really what's been carrying them a little bit. And remember, the Patriots is on a move right now. So, what's your score then if New England wins? Ah. Uh, I'm going to go reverse that. You would say 35, but uh, the, the Patriots going to have 35. Minnesota Vikings at 27. Yeah. Like I said, I, I still owe captain my captain. The Sunday nighter, you say not the game, but it's always a game when it's the Steelers. They're playing the Chargers in Pittsburgh. Uh, Chargers coming off a big win. Steelers coming off their first loss for the first time since losing to the Ravens on Sunday night. I think this is Sunday night vindication. No Melvin Gordon. And you always know black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. Pittsburgh gets it done. Mike, what do you say? Uh, as much as I hate Phillip Rivers with a passion, I just I just never liked it a kid. Uh, I like the streak that they're going for. They're looking pretty good. That last game was a killer. 
Oh my gosh, Philip but Rivers. no Melvin Gordon. They have to have Austin Eckler at running back, which is which is okay because I don't think the Steelers defense lives up to you know. The, the, okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I'm gonna say a close one, but I got the Chargers. Uh, ah! Yeah, I got the Chargers coming in at maybe 21 to no 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 yeah yeah 21 to 35. Oh my God, Mike. Mike, Mike, first off, do you know how cold it will be in Pittsburgh? They are a warm weather team coming to 20 degree weather Pittsburgh. That is something to think about. And it's nighttime, so the temperatures do drop even more. Um, yeah, I don't think I still want to change that. No, it looks pretty good. All right. Well, we'll get get that crazy thought out of your head. We'll see Sunday night. And then Monday night, Eagles Redskins for the Eagles to get back on track. They gotta play. Uh, once again, Alex Smithless Redskins. Do Colt McCoy and the Redskins maybe pull off something? They still got a good defense enough. Carson Wentz and company is still a little shaky, but it's in Philly. Mark, I think, already can check off him for the victory. What do you think, though? I know personally as a Cowboys fan, you want to see these two teams kill each other, yeah. but who comes out of this NFC East dogfight? I believe this is actually a good game for the Cowboys, though. Because if the Eagles, we should be rooting for the Eagles because if the Eagles tie the division, if they win, they tie the division. It's just them two sitting there. So I, I think Cowboys fans, we want the Eagles to win this game. I mean, so so you're going for Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. I will so you want them to build momentum, come to Dallas um, next week? Nah, that's, it, it has nothing to do with momentum. When they come see us, then it's going to be a different story. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, I'm going to go with Philadelphia too. So it's not one of the best Sundays to predict. I think the only two takes that we had were the two best games, which were the Patriots and the Vikings, and then the uh, Chargers, Steelers. Should be some good games. Mike, though, real quick, who do you think has the best game on Sunday? Any player out of any team, who balls out Sunday? Hmm. And I'm 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 thinking Patrick Mahomes. It's not surprising, but I think he's just going to light up Oakland Raiders, man. I just don't. That's 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 understandable. Yeah, I just I see like maybe like a, a history record touchdown breaking passing record by Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't. I see this game as a piece of cake, man. Uh, another another one though. Um, let's go. Let's go. Maybe, maybe, maybe Russell Wilson has a okay game. You know, maybe he does something surprising. Russell Wilson as quarterback. I'm gonna say this, and I think as I mentioned with Mike and Eric here, I say Saquon Barkley balls out against this Bears defense, and I, yeah, I'm willing to go say that. I think you know this will be a true test: Saquon Barkley versus Khalil Mack. But I don't think Saquon. I don't think Khalil Mack is ready for those tree shrunk thighs that Saquon has. I'm gonna say Saquon gets two touchdowns and rushes for over 130 yards. Even though the Giants lose, he plays well. And I think another player that will ball out on Sunday. I'm going to say for Ben Roethlisberger, five touchdowns. But wait, let me go a little crazier. How about? An underrated thing. I'm going to say Baker Mayfield throws for five touchdowns and Deshaun Watson throws six. Oh, 
clash of the quarterbacks. You want to make this a both quarterback game? Okay. I think that and we talked about Cousins Brady, but I think this is the quarterback matchup of the week. I'm gonna say that that Baker goes crazy, Deshaun goes crazy. The Texans defense is good, but um, I still need to see more out of them in order to really be believing in it. Because yeah, they're playing consistent, but it's really when when you play some offenses that are streaking. That you get out. You know what? I'll even go bold one more time here. I'm going to say Philip Lindsay for the Broncos has a 150 yard rushing performance and scores three touchdowns against the Bengals. I don't think that's bold at all. I can see that. The way he's been playing, yeah, why not? Why, why not? Okay, then how about I'll go really bold right here? <laughs> I'm going to say Lamar Jackson throws two interceptions and only, and only has one touchdown. Falcons, I already said, are going to win. Why now? Why would you discredit Lamar Jackson? Look, I don't want to disrespect the local Broward boy, Pembroke Pines, but uh, sorry, baby. Nah, Lamar. I love you, but I don't like you in Baltimore colors. I have to do you like that because you're a Baltimore Raven. That, that's that's just discredit. And he's going against the Falcons. And he's doing two interceptions against the Falcons. But can he match Matt Ryan, my quarterback? Definitely. He's going to outdo Matt Ryan. What? I'll, I'll do that. I said Matt Ryan goes to interceptions. How about that? Okay, Mike, you believe what you want to believe. And ladies and gentlemen, that does our picks. Coming up next, a little NBA talk with Michael, and then we're going to wrap up with some college talk, b-ball style. Stay tuned. Talk is okay, look. We'll be right back. Here are my fantasy list for this week. Before we wrap up with our Sunday game picks, uh, for the NFL, it's now time for the battle of the mics. Iron Michael Walker and versus Michael Matloff with the two things that these men know better than their football, and that is their basketball. So, gentlemen, shake your hands early on. Let's have a good, clean debate. All right, we're going to talk some big headlines right now. So, without further ado, let's get it on. I want a good, clean debate, like I mentioned, and. Let's get it on with some big NBA talk. So I want to first start off in Philadelphia. And as I'll soon mention with my all-NBA podcast coming soon, where we'll take a look back at even some of our season predictions and more on the way. It'll be prior to Christmas, more headlines on my Twitter, at TalkIsOkalo. And remember, you're always free to ask, use the hashtag OKAsk for anything. So let's get to it first, Markel Fultz right now. He's been a huge topic of conversation for a streaking Philadelphia 76ers team who just a few weeks ago acquired, if not, I think the final piece to their championship puzzle in Jimmy Buckets Butler. And they've been running away with the competition right now, the third best team in the East, and they're getting it done. They got it done just a few nights ago. I mean, last night against the New York Knicks, thrashing them 117 to 61 on home court. And it looks like it's just smooth sailing away. But Despite their winning, there's only one problem, and that is Markel Fultz because he, despite being the first overall pick for the 76ers, he hasn't lived up to the hype. And a lot of people are saying that maybe his name needs to be on the trading block. Michael, what's going on with Markel Fultz? Is it time for the 76ers to move on? I mean, he's only a second-year player. Yes, there's some digressions in his game. But is it too early to pull the plug on on a, a first overall pick that you spent on? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, um, you you added a big piece in Jimmy Butler, 
And for some reason, adding him to the mix now is completely um, putting uh, faults under pressure. You know, it doesn't make sense to me, honestly. Uh, I think he's a good player. I think he's been playing, you know, pretty decent for, for the type of player that he is and the type of things that he needs to work on in his game. Um, yeah, I think, I think it would be a little too too young uh too too young for him to just you know pull the plug on him I, I think he has an opportunity i think he has a lot of growing and maturing to do just like a lot of these rookies just like a lot of these two-year players so um you had a player like jimmy butler and your team is is a contending team you know um so i don't i don't believe that because of that trade happening that should affect uh his status with the team and his skills you know because at the end of the day he has a good skill set that you ultimately need to to help him mature in. So if you want to add him to a piece to get, you know, a trade down, or if you just feel like he's literally not for the future, then I'm, I'm you know, Sixers will got to do what they got to do. Um, but in my opinion, I, I believe that it, it would be way too short. I think he has a lot of growth, growth and maturity to do. And I think he's a very dynamic player and I think he would ultimately help. The team, so. I think first he's got to work on his free throw because he's trying out these new moves and stuff like that. It's still not getting it done. I agree with your assessment. I think, you know, th there is a lot of pressure. The only reason that I, you may not be surprised, but I feel it because he was originally supposed to be the big three before Jimmy Butler arrived. Because remember, you have two budding MVP candidates on your team. You have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Okay. And they, you can't always rely on these two pieces to always get it done. Fultz has to do his part. You spent a first overall pick on him and especially adding Jimmy Butler to your team. You need to add something to your game because if you want to compete with the best of the best, if you want to compete with the Raptors, if you want to compete with the Bucks, if you want to compete with the Celtics out in the West, you want to compete with the Warriors, heck, even the Portland Trailblazers right now, you got to step up your game. I don't think – I think that this is an overreaction. You're right. There's some growth to do. You know, um, you know, his field goal percentage is actually better than it was his rookie year. Um, you know, I think definitely his defensive game, he's got to work on the parameters a little bit to the side. Uh, moving up and down the court, but you know he 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 needs to show up soon, or else I I think it is time for Philadelphia to do it. Mike, what are your assessments uh, on Markel Fultz? I agree with everything that was said, and just like you know he's a second year player. I mean, give him time, give him time to you know work on his game. Actually, you know, actually take time in his off season as well. I think he needs to take off season more serious than he probably is doing, and you know. Adding Jimmy Butler does bring a little more fire to him, but, I mean, the pieces that you got, the chemistry that you got, give him five good years and then, you know, five good years five good years and see what you can do. First restructure Jimmy Butler's contract, then you got to do with Ben Simmons' contract later, Joel Embiid, and I think, yeah, it's going to be a lot of money. And remember, um, Jimmy's a free agent. You know, I think this is the team that he wants to stay with. So, um, you know, so with Markel Fultz, though, if, say, he does stay longer even past the NBA trade deadline, if his game doesn't increase or continue with the talent that they have with J.J. Reddick and company, do you guys think that he could be their Achilles heel to reach the finals or to make um, a good rise in the East, Mike? Uh, probably so. You remember sometimes players in the playoffs, they actually come out the dark for some reason. So I, I also think he can be that exact player that, when the Sixers make it to the playoffs with just, you know, Jimmy Jimmy Butler, and he comes in and maybe like the sixth round of the playoffs just sparks. Um, yeah, that, I mean that 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 kind of goes off of what we were saying. Like it's too short. You never know. Like you 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 give him this year, 
he's going to grow. He's going to mature. He's going to become a better player and he's going to come through the system. And eventually when it's playoff time, when the, when it's, you know, big ball to play, you know, he can come out and he can, and he can make a difference. At the end of the day, you want Mark, Mark Elfos to make an impact. And I, I think he can make an impact. I think it's, it's too short to tell. So, well, the Sixers have been really raucousing a lot since Jimmy Butler has come over uh, from Minnesota to Philly. Uh, even despite all this, and despite the recent street that they're going and the way that the East is with Philadelphia being one of the top four teams, is it still, do you think, championship or bust type mentality for the 76ers? Or do you think that there's still time? Mike's nodding his head now. Why? Not at all. I mean, first of all, you just got Jimmy Butler, right? So it, that that alone is going to take time for them to, to gel. Uh, but no, not at all. Not at all. They're not, they have, they have no, I mean, yes, every team in the NBA has, should have the mentality, okay, championship, we're going for the championship. But for them to, to think it's a championship or bust, absolutely not. Absolutely not. They have, they have too much, you know, talent and too much, uh, you know, progression that they can make and they can have, I mean, I do believe that the 76ers are going to be in the East and be contenders for years and years to come. So this, to to make the the case or put more pressure on the the up and coming players and on the team to say that it's a bust if you don't make the championship or if it's a bust if you don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that 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 type of uh, mindset. It's just it's not fair to the the players and it's not fair to the organization. Uh, so I, I totally agree with that. And um, you look at the Eastern Conference too. I mean, I, you can probably look at it and say, yeah, the 76 is supposed to. They're supposed to, but. You know, you got to think about it. It's an NBA team. You got you got a lot of chemistry to build. You got a lot of relationship to build. So it's not just, you know, championship or bust. It's just about you get it. You get it. And it takes time. It's, it's, Rome wasn't built in one day. You know, guys, uh, I attest to agree with you, but I still think, though, that you still have to championship. I don't think it's championship or bust, but I think, though, that – if they don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, at least, they need to look at themselves in the mirror because, you know, with the way that things are going right now and the way that you have to build for the rest of the season, remember, Philadelphia was one of the teams since LeBron left the Eastern Conference that must ascend to the throne in terms of a title. You got to deal with Toronto. You got to deal with Boston. They, Other than, I think, the Celtics, which to me, it will come down to Boston-Philly for the East Finals. You need to have all your players perform at a high level, especially because I think out of all the teams in the East, with the exception of Toronto because of Kawhi Leonard, the Philadelphia 76ers have a good chance at least in the, if the Warriors do make it back to the finals, which I think they will, to at least give them a good run for their money. Maybe if they play their cards right, dethrone them. So you guys don't think that it is time, but I'm going to say here that they need to have a sense of urgency. They need everybody on the same page because come time for the playoffs, you want to make sure that you're one of the top teams in the East. You want to make sure that you're game out. Look, quarter of the season's almost done, right? And then we're soon going to get into the to the All-Star break. You got to build some time in. You got to make sure even post-All-Star break, get going. Because these games are going to matter sometimes in the season. And I know that, as we all said, it's early in the season. But sometimes you need to build up this momentum early because you start losing, you start relapsing the games, and everybody's going to be second-guessing. It's a matter of the team having the patience, as you guys mentioned, but also uh, making sure everything's going on. And and for Jimmy Butler to give Markel Fultz a kick in the pants and to support him, they, they really need it because at the end of the day, for for the expectations they have now that they must get to it and they can get to it 
it's absolutely necessary to try to get to where you want to be. And I think the 76ers need to do that soon as possible and to make sure that whatever's wrong with his Markel Schultz game, if it's his defense, if it's his shooting, they need to fix it now or it may be a horrible thing because you don't want to go to the playoffs and then Markel Fultz could be that ankling piece that hurts their chances. Continuing on with the NBA, how about the – if not, we have to talk about the Lakers. First off, it's good that I'm getting my money from Mark after the first bet we made on Talk is Okay, Lo. Uh, the Lakers played the Nuggets on Tuesday night and they got pummeled at the Pepsi Center. Two sides to the story. Let's talk about this one first. Head coach um, of my Denver Nuggets, Mike Malone, made a comment after the win talking about how the house at the Pepsi Center was primarily packed with Lakers stuff. Mike Malone said that they can bring him, they can bring all of them they want. They don't even have to convert them as long as they go home losing. That's all he cares about. Mike, prior to when you stepped on the show, you said that Mike Malone needs to watch his comments. What do you assess of that from um, my Nuggets head coach? Those words is just uh, hype words because he's so happy that he beat LeBron James and the Lakers. Not forgetting that maybe the Lakers and LeBron James are not there yet. But now come time again, if you if they have to play again at, at the same arena and it's a different story, those words he just ate. I don't think you make comments like that. It's too it's too early. You, you, you just now, you know what I'm saying? Those Those comments like that are like words that's like, what is this guy trying to say? You know? Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. Um, but looking at it in his perspective, he's just trying to fire up his team. His team is young. His team is, you know, athletic, and he just wants his team to to get over that hump, just like every other team does. Um, so, I mean, me personally, I don't have a problem with it. I think he, you know, yes. Yeah, I mean, you're saying it's a LeBron James and the Lakers, but at the end of the day, it's like if you if you don't, you know, if you don't face your fear, if you don't face that team that you got to beat. I mean, don't even think about the Warriors. Then you gotta you gotta focus on the Lakers before you can even get to the Warriors. So you gotta you gotta bring your A game to to any team, whether it's LeBron or whoever. So I don't have a problem with it. It's giving his team confidence. His team won. At the end of the day, he could say what he wants. They 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 plummeled them. I mean, badly. It was LeBron's probably one of his worst games of his entire career, if not the worst. So. Uh. I, I do agree. I do agree. And and, and the Lakers don't get it. They're going to get it together. I see it. I see potential. They're going to get it together. It's just that these comments that these other teams are making when they beat the Lakers because, you know, we put the Lakers on a pedestal. So, I mean, I, I, I get it. I get it. But once the Lakers come together, it ain't going to be no, oh, y'all walking out with an L. Look, guys, look, I, I understand what you're saying, but like for me as a Nuggets fan, it, it's just as gratifying that we do it because you have to understand, and I've been in the Pepsi Center a couple of times when I was younger, it's sometimes self-amgrandizing that we that you know you have teams that from other cities come in and fill in the arena. Now I'm not calling out Nuggets fans, but I think I should at this point that we need to maybe fill the Pepsi st- Center a little more with a little blue. You know, because it is our home turf and, you know, as great as the revenue brings in that we have other fans going on, um, you know, we, we still need to support our team. I know it's been a long time since the Nuggets have been competitive in the Western Conference, and I'm really happy that this year that we're taking big strides. I said 
um, a lot of times to a lot of group of people that this is the year the Nuggets make the playoffs. And I'm really happy, though, Mike Malone said those words because it's not only should be firing up the rest of the league because they don't understand how tough it is to play at the Pepsi Center, 5,280 feet above sea level. You got to be worried about breathing and conserving your oxygen throughout the game. But just in general, it's a tough place to play besides just the altitude. I think the environment of it just makes it rowdy. And trust me, when Denver fans, it's on, it's on. So I, I appreciate those comments. And, you know, I think, though, for the future, the way that this Nuggets team is, they're, they're going to make the playoffs. I'm really surprised right now that we're one of the best teams in the West. We have the league's number one defense um, and have a great core piece, Nikolai Jokic, and then, you know, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris. And then if we get Isaiah Thomas back, whew, it'll be something different. But on the Lakers side of things, what's going on with the Lakers? Why are they not maybe progressing as a team being seventh place in the West, Michael? Well, I mean, when you think about it, it's like when you add a, a transcendent player like LeBron James, um, you know, that there's a lot of, you know, pressure. So when you have young players and you have a player like LeBron James, it's going to take time for them to gel. It's going to take time for LeBron to adjust to their game and the young players to adjust to LeBron. Um, but I agree with what Mike said. I think the Lakers are going to get to it. Um, you'll see there's some game. I mean, they just had a recent four or five game win streak and they looked really good in those games. They looked like they're really getting it together. They looked like they were, you know, meshing well and they were playing well and they, they're playing with a sense of urgency, that fire. I love what they got with Tyson Chandler, by the way. I think that was a very good piece, very important. And he made a very big difference on that block, that one, the one game against the yes. So, um, I mean, I'm, but yeah, I'm not worried about them. I, I think they're going to be fine. At the end of the day, we're talking about LeBron James's team, right? Whenever LeBron is on a team, he affects that team, and sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's negative. And right now, it's it's wishy wishy washy at the end of the beginning of the year. But I guarantee you, by playoff time, they will be in the hunt. They will be on the rise, and they will make some noise. I'm not saying that they're going to beat the Warriors, but they are going to make some noise in the playoffs. Whenever you have LeBron James and a, and a good, co good coach and Luke Walton, who's been getting a lot of uh, scrutiny at the beginning, which isn't fair, man. He's a good coach. Just let him ride it out. Let him figure the pieces out together. Uh, they'll be okay. So, But uh, they do need to bounce back from this game, though. Um, I do believe that because it's going to give the young players confidence, and it's going to get LeBron James to, to – to you know, get that get that wheel going in his head, like okay, hey, this is patience. This is going to take time because you do not want to get LeBron mad, or you do not because LeBron's patience these days is very testy. And he even said it recently in an interview. He said, "You do not want to see me when I'm impatient." So they got to come back. Well, well, look, Michael, you you said everything right, but just re just remember though about LeBron's patience and his team. So remember, remember, remember this Cavs team that he was on um, last year. Remember, this is a team that's one of the worst teams in basketball that he took to the NBA Finals last year. Look, I'm just saying this. He needs to understand that this isn't his team. It's Magic Johnson's team. And he, he needs to try to work around the players that he needs to build. Real quickly, though, uh, before we continue on what maybe some concerned teams were about, uh, the, you mentioned the pieces that the Lakers need. Bradley Beal and John Wall have uh, been rumored to try to become a part of the Lakers. Now, Mark being a Lakers fan when he was on the show, he he called, he looked at me crazy out of bounds saying that they must get them and trade away Brandon Ingram, keep Kyle Kuzma and company. And, and now and now Mike's chiming in. So, so guys, break me down. Why am I crazy for saying trade Brandon Ingram 
And do you think maybe if the Lakers get Bradley Beal, John Wall, that maybe it's the piece LeBron could be long wanting to try to get the Lakers where they need to be, Mike? I think that's a little risky, but why is everybody uh, counting out on Brandon Ingram for some reason? Like, didn't he just the last game he scored like a, a career high but a series of points? Like, that this this Brandon Ingram is is he maybe he's not consistent to the level, but you got to give him some time. He's just not learning this new system too. So I mean, I, I think that's risky. And then you bring in Jen, John, John Wall and Bradley Bill. Like, that's that's no, that's calling for too much. Well, well, look, look, Brandon Ingram. Yes, he's been highly consistent. But this man can't play defense. He has one of the worst free throw percentages in the league, one of the worst field goal percentages. He doesn't have chemistry with LeBron. Look, I'm saying this. Look, it may be bad on the Lakers' salary cap to take up Bradley Beal and John Wall's contract, but you're talking about two superstars that have been long needed, I think, to get out of Washington because they weren't really going anywhere with this team, with Scott Brooks. And this is just hindering their potential because I think they get to L.A., it's a totally different ball game. And, you know, you get LeBron happy. You get the players that he wants. And remember what happened with Cleveland last year when he said, get me George Hill. Get me um, uh, uh, get me some other players as well. Let's trade away these guys. You make LeBron get players that fits around his game, you know, with a little bit of bond dominancy and some assistancy. You need to get the players that fits around him because let's be honest, Lonzo ball. He's not doing well. Only player that he's really having some good times with is Kyle Kuzma. And to me right now, it's not, I'm just not seeing it sink in with Lonzo, Brandon, Lance Stevenson, Eason, even Rajah Rondo, you know, like you already know my feelings about him, Michael Bradley Beal, John Wall, Mike, Mike and Mark have already said no. What what are your takes though? Should the Lakers try to get him, or do you think that it's just a waste of space um, and salary cap? I just don't think getting John Wall and Bradley Beal is gonna make a difference, at least this year, though. At least this year. So I mean, so if they do get them, if you get them, you need to be all in with them. As in, you need to you need to give them two to three year contracts so they can mesh well with LeBron for the next two to three years. If this is some type of one year thing and one year whatever. It's a year. waste of time, money, energy. Do not do it. Um, as far as Brandon Ingram, I think there's both sides to it. You know, I think he is a good player, and I think that he is getting a lot of scrutiny. <sighs> However, I agree with you that sometimes the, the chemistry with him, maybe not specifically LeBron, just as the team in general, it, it's a little. It's weird. It is weird. I, I see what you're saying, but. Um, yeah, if you're going to get John Wall and Bradley Beal and, and you do it, just all I say is just be consistent and be committed with it. Do not do this as a one-year thing. But John Wall and Bradley Beal with LeBron James and a and a, and a and that Lakers squad Kuzma. right there, you got Kuzma, you got Josh Hart who are getting better and better each yes. game. You're making some noise. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how, you know, it'll work out with the Warriors, but you're making noise. You're, you're getting a lot of – I mean, you're, you're getting John Wall. I mean, he's, he's an all-star. And then you get Bradley Beal, who's a who's a not who's a shooter. I mean, it's it, that's a crazy that's a crazy team right there. So, but B, if you're gonna do it, go all in, Magic. Please, Johnson, do not do this as a one year crap. I don't want to see that. I don't want to hear that. It's a waste of time. Don't do it. <laughs> well, you heard it here. You know, from Brandon Ingram one side and to the other. Real quick before we end up and maybe get into some quick game picks for at least Thursday night, other than just Cowboys. Um, 
Saints going on tonight. Let's talk about just the the Western Conference in general. Some teams right now are are where they're supposed to be, and some teams are surprising, and then some teams that are disappointing. Mike, what's one team that you are disappointed in right now that you're afraid um, needs to show up now, or are you afraid that won't show up? Man, surprisingly, the Warriors, man. I'm, I'm kind of puzzled by where the spot they at. They got Utah almost coming. Utah just needs one more win. They'll be tied with the Warriors. That's not a good look. Well, my Nuggets are actually tied with them with the recent standings. Can you believe the Clippers are first place in the Western Conference? Mike, I mean, like looking at the standings, I, look, the Warriors have, you know, I think they've messed their differences with KD, Clay, and Draymond. So, you know, they've won, they're on a three-game win streak right now. We'll discuss their game tonight against the Raptors. But I would be concerned with this Warriors team only just because of the locker room stuff. It seems, though, that the anger simmered down. Steph Curry's going to come back. And before you know it, they'll, they'll probably get back there. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, the uh, not Utah. Why do I keep saying Utah? Denver is, is knocking on the door, man. So that's, that's not a pretty good look, man. That's really not a pretty good look. Let him in. Let him in. Mike, what's one team you're concerned about in the Western Conference right now? Hmm. Yeah, let me look at this just to make sure. On the magical laptop looking at the NBA standings. So I I'll tell you this. I'm disappointed in the Pelicans. Really? Really? No, come on. You it's got, just you got, Anthony Davis. But you got Anthony Davis, my guy. Like he is no a boogie. top three no player. Boogie. No boogie. Uh, he's got he's uh, he's See, this is where I have problems when people are like, oh, Anthony Davis is his. He can't, he can't carry make, a team. He cannot carry a team. He can't. He's wow. not. He can't. I don't. I just don't see him doing it. I, I think if he was going to do it, he, sh- he should already have done it. You know what I'm saying? He's been in this league for a while now. So I don't think he can carry a team. So uh, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in the Pelicans. I thought, I mean, you got Roy Hall. You got, you got good players. And, you know, but anyways, a team that I will say, the Thunder. The disappointed Thunder. in the Thunder? No, I'm not disappointed. I'm surprised by them. Really? I am. Why? Because when Russell got hurt, Paul George stepped up. And I'm seeing a different Paul George this year. I'm seeing a different Russ. He he recently. I mean, yes. Russell Russell Westbrook tied Jason Kidd for the most triple doubles in NBA history uh, right now with 107. Yes. No, he's he's balling out too. But Paul George is that deciding factor on that team. And right now, he's playing like that Paul George when he was on the Pacers. So, um, but. I mean, honestly, when I look at this list, it's like there's not really a team that I, I mean. I guess the Rockets, but I, that I was just gonna say we need to talk about the Rockets. Carmelo's not working, and then Je- something's wrong with James Harden and CP3. What? What? Mike, that's the Rockets. That, that, that's Chris Paul, and that's 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 uh, James Harden. What, what do you expect? What, tell me what you expect. Tell me what you I expect. expected them to go back to the Western Conference Finals. Get CP3 healthy and go beat the Warriors like they were supposed to last year if CP3 didn't get his hamstring hurt. And just because you added Carmelo, you think that's just supposed to be the, the Spartly ignition fire? Like, I, I don't get it. What, 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 are we, what are we getting out of it? And that's why Carmelo's cut, okay? And that's why I don't even think the Nuggets even want to give him back a chance. But Definitely. But I, I don't know why everybody's expectations for the Houston Rockets is so high. I mean, if you look at what they did in the playoffs against the Warriors, that 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 final snap, right? I understand they had injuries and things like that, but I still saw potential there. So after that, everything just dropped. 
Look, I, I'm just saying this. Something's going on in Houston right now. They're on a four-game losing streak. You know, something's got to give. I don't know what's wrong with Mike D'Antoni with this team that's supposed to be as capable as them, but they need to try to make a trade. I know they were in the Jimmy Butler sweepstakes. They didn't get it done. So, you know, they need to look ahead, maybe even try to make a case. As we mentioned, Bradley Beal, John Wall, maybe they should get in the sweepstakes to try to get something back in the spark. How about on the flip the switch side of things in the Eastern Conference? Give me one team that you're surprised about right now with their stuff. I'm going to start with Mike looking at the Eastern Conference standings on the magical laptop. Let me look at this Eastern. I want to say the Pacers maybe. Really? You're you're really surprised about the Pacers? That's a really good spot for the Pacers. Yeah. Oh, oh yes, uh, yes. I should say that I'm really. I expected them to be a sixth, fifth seed, but I did not expect them to to be the fourth seed. Um, I gotta say, for me personally, the team I'm surprised about is the Charlotte Hornets. They're really starting to get something. I didn't expect them to to maybe make the playoffs based off of having the Magic in there. I saw both um, the Heat getting in as well, and I thought maybe the the Hawks with Trey Young, but I don't know. Um, with, with the team. So it's okay, I guess, um, with where the Hornets are. I mean, Tony Parker, Kemba Walker, they're really uh, doing the right things. Michael, what about you? What team are you surprised about in the East? So 110% hands down, my the number one team that's surprising me, and I might, you guys might be surprised when I say this, but it's the Pistons. Really? It is. Pistons. Now let me explain why. They they came out 6-0 and in the beginning of the year, and then now they're 11-7. and But – they still look really good out there. They've, they, won three straight. they've won three straight. They look good. Blake Griffin is like like balling out right now. He's balling out. And him then and, you, him and Andre Drummond. yeah, they're a good Dwayne match. He's bringing that defense. That's what I'm saying. So I, the Pistons are surprising me. I don't know how how long this is gonna go. Maybe this goes all year. I don't know. I'm not saying they're gonna make any crazy noise in the in the playoffs. But right now they're in the fifth seed. They're only one game back from the Pacers. So I mean, or one and a half games. So. I mean, they're surprising me. They, it, I didn't think that I didn't even think they were going to make the playoffs. To be honest with you, and right now they're in the playoff, in the hunt, you know, right there. So, I'm surprised by them, and hopefully they continue doing great things. I think, uh, like you said, Dwayne Casey, he's 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 coaching them up. So, all right, guys. So I think we already put in our two cents. I think, lastly, to the Miami Heat fans, something's got to get right for Dwayne Wade. This is not how the last dance is supposed to be. Um, come close around time. For Christmas, what team do you see maybe try to up the ante um, prior to the holiday season, um, getting back on track in their conference, Michael? Well, I would say the Heat, you know, because I, I think you know for for Dwayne Wade and the, you know in Miami as a city as a whole and the organization, you want to you know want to make the playoffs for him. You want to you want to let him you know have his one last dance in the playoffs. So I do see the Heat getting their 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 act together. Um, right now they're eleventh. Uh, I do not see them being there for much longer. Um, so, you know, but but the rest of the teams, the Hawks, the Cavs, the Knicks, the Nets, I mean, they're, they're not going anywhere. The Magic, although Magic's, you know, right now in the playoff run. But uh, one last team I would say I'm disappointed, and but this is no surprise, and we just talked about this, the Washington Wizards. Right, right. They, they were expected to be in the playoffs. They are expected to be in the playoffs and make some noise. Michael, what about you? Any team that you feel can turn it around prior to Christmas? East or West? I'm going to go with the Lakers because I feel like I feel like around that time, they're playing the Warriors on Christmas Day, right? Yeah. So I feel like around that time, that's going to be the ignition fire to spark. Whether, whether they – I'm not saying that they're probably – they're probably going to get the uh, 
they trade for you know Wall and, and Bill, but maybe that somewhere around there is going to be the turning point for them. I feel that. All right, so I'll, uh, we talked so much positive. I'm going to end it at least with a negative here. I'm going to save the team that goes down prior to Christmas and come at me, fans. I say the Clippers go down from first place and they go back to like ninth, tenth seed. I think that this is an absolute mirage. They don't have any star players. Doc Rivers is getting lucky. Not saying he's a bad coach, but honestly, you know, who's the who's the star power other than Lou Williams, really? So I, I expect them to go down. I expect the Trailblazers to go back up, believe it or not. I think even though my Nuggets have a good stranglehold on the division, remember the Thunder are one game behind us in the Pacific Northwest, and the Trailblazers are not too bad uh, streaking. You know, my Nuggets got to play the Trailblazers tomorrow. Important game if you want to win it. So, um, you know, I just, for some reason, it's just what Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum do in the regular season. They always got to put the Trailblazers back on top, and I think prior to Christmas – They'll do that. And, and of course, as we mentioned, the Rockets. Lastly, we got a couple games on tonight. Maybe if you want to switch away if the Cowboys get blown out by the Saints. Sorry, Mike. But uh, let's take a look. Maybe even the prior to tune in. Golden State Toronto at the Air Canada Center. Kawhi Leonard versus Kevin Durant and company. Do we see the Raptors ending the Warriors three-game win streak? Michael. Um, I'm going to go with – I'm gonna go with the the Raptors. I'm gonna go with them. I think I think they play really well at home, and I think they yeah. I don't I don't think the Warriors have seen a team like the Raptors right now, where they're just they're meshing so well. And when and Kawhi Leonard, I mean he's he's balling out. So I think at home, I think it's gonna be a close game. I think it's gonna be an exciting game. Definitely tune in. Um, but I ultimately think the Raptors are gonna win um, in a single digit game uh, and come out for the victory. And I think Golden State Warriors are going to realize, oh, shit, there's some good teams out there in the East. You know what I mean? So I'm going to give the Raptors. Draymond Green's out with that injury. Mike, I think you're nodding your head. Do you agree with me and Mike? I'm locking in a close game. I'm going to say it's an overtime game, 134-131 Raptors. Uh, I definitely think so, and I also agree. And then I also think that if my Cowboys are losing, this might be the satisfaction of my day. Uh, (laughs) I want to say Kawhi Leonard does some big points this game, too. Right. As I mentioned, Draymond Green out. Big uh, defensive nightmare there. And and Draymond versus – I mean, Kevin Durant versus uh, Kawhi Leonard. Doesn't get no sweeter. And, you know, KD has like a so-so history with Kawhi. As we mentioned, the Lakers back at home. They got to face the Pacers. Who do we see walking out of this one in Tinseltown? Uh, Lakers. I think they're coming to come back from that loss, that devastating loss. Uh, I don't think LeBron James is going to allow them to – you know, lose again two games in a row like that, especially the way they lost. So I'm looking for the Lakers to come back on top. I'm looking for LeBron to lead them. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for a, a 110-102. So I'm giving the, Lo- the Los Angeles Lakers an eight-point uh, victory over the Pacers. I, I agree, but I'm going to go a little lower score with that. Maybe around uh, barely hitting 108, probably 108-98 Lakers, probably. Pacers win, 111-108. Look, Victor Oladipo has been playing extremely well. I, I've just been seeing a really confused Lakers team right now. I, look, I say LeBron gets a good game. Expect him and Oladipo from last year have always put on a show. So, you know, this is a rare time that we get it. I say both men get at least 30 points, but I see the Pacers walking out of this one. I think they're just a more complete team. 
um, a more um, hungrier team, and they've been looking really good right now. They're one of the top four teams in the West. So if you want to maintain that balance there, you got to pick up the pace if you want to win it. And then lastly, Clippers, Kings, I guess kind of a snooze fest in Sacramento because honestly, um, who wants to watch the Sacramento Queens? But we, we still have to predict this game. So is it a consensus that the Clippers get it done or do we see maybe the the, the potential future of the Kings maybe getting it done, Mike? Now, you did say you saw the Clippers dropping. Maybe this will be the point right here. Maybe the Kings show up and I don't know because I don't really watch Kings games. So, I mean, hey, maybe. Only Kings I'm concerned about is my Los Angeles Kings for hockey. We ain't doing too well right now. So, but I don't think against, I mean, it's the Kings or as Shaq likes to say, the Sacramento Queens. So, Michael, um, are you going to go with me with, with the Clippers? Yeah, I'm going to go to the Clippers. I don't really watch Sacramento Kings basketball like that. Um, so, I don't know too much about, you know, what's going on with them. But um, I do believe the Clippers will get on top. Uh, but, I mean, I think this is going to be an interesting game, though. Um, I don't have to watch the Kings to know that. I think it's going to be an interesting game, so definitely tune in. Uh, but, yeah, I do think the Clippers get it. But I will say last thing, I do agree with you guys that the Clippers will eventually fall out. I don't know if it's this game. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But they, you're not you're not 14 and 6. And and with no with no superstars, ah, come just, on. Just Lou Williams, that's just it. Lou Will, just Lou Williams? Like, come on, man. It, it, hey, they got a good run, but it's, it's going to end. <laughs> We all consensus to that. That's basketball talk for you. Good, clean fight, gentlemen. You had a few jabs in there, so uh, kudos to you. We're going to do a little basketball college talk next. Before we get in the last pass of the conversation, here are some starts and six for the week. I'm going to go my start of the week at quarterback for Kirk Cousins. I think this is a great matchup for him upcoming playing the New England Patriots. Even though it's on the road, the Patriots do give up the ninth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. To me, he's a low-end QB1 this week unless you have guys maybe like Case Keenum, maybe like Lamar Jackson as a sleeper. I really do like him this week. I like Cam Newton as well, but if you're having quarterback troubles, he's the guy I think that you should start and go ahead and play with confidence. At running back, I'm going to say that my start of the week goes to Derrick Henry. I know this is crazy for me to actually say that I like Derrick Henry this week, but you know this Jets run defense has been atrocious this season, and they've been giving me a lot of rushing yards, and they let Sony Michelle break free on Sunday. I state that Derrick Henry becomes a top five fantasy performer for the first time um, this season, second time, I think, since the Patriot game. I think Derrick Henry has a great stat line in this one. At wide receiver, I'm going to go ahead and say that the start of the week will be Emmanuel Sanders. The Bengals have given up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers, and Emmanuel has been having some great weeks so far with him and Case Keenum since Demarius Thomas left. I look for him to ball out this Sunday. And that tight end, I'm going to go for a rare sleeper must start this week. I'm going to go Gerald Everett for the Los Angeles Rams. The Lions have given up the 10th most fantasy points to tight ends. I'm looking forward. So if you're having some tight end trouble, he's the guy that you need to call to back it up. Let's get to some quarterbacks that I don't like. Nah! And I'm going to say that a sit of the week at quarterback goes 
to Ryan Tannehill. Now, look, I know what people might be thinking. The Buffalo Bills are such an easy matchup. How could how could Ryan Tannehill screw this up? And he's back, isn't he? Well, believe it or not, the Bills this season have given up the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. And I know that their record may not show it or their play on the field, even if fans are throwing dildos in the stand from the stands onto the field, but I, this is a home game for Ryan Tannehill. I think he does play well, but I just don't see the huge fantasy stat line. Unless you're super desperate, he's to me like a millennial and a light year quarterback that you start this week. A running back that I also don't like this week has been Jordan Howard. Now, I know what a lot of people are thinking. Chase Daniel out. They have to feed Howard the Rock. It didn't look that way on Thursday Thanksgiving against the Lions. And I think that the trend for Jordan Howard this season, he's been, if not close to a fantasy bust. So I'm not expecting Howard to put up a good stat line. Despite the Giants' run D is stingy, he hasn't broken a 100-yard game. I just don't see it happening. I think that you bench Jordan Howard this week, and you don't even look twice. A wide receiver that I'm also going to sit this week is, believe it or not, Jarvis Landry. Now, as much as I like the matchup against the Texans, I just think that as of right now, the connection that he has with Baker Mayfield is weaker than maybe, I think weaker than any mixtape that, or diss that Machine Gun Kelly could come up with uh, against Eminem because like kill shot, it's over, you know, but the, and even the Texans, they've given up the six fewest fantasy points to wide receivers at home. They've given up actually the third fewest when they're in NRG Stadium. And until Jarvis Landry proves me wrong, I'm not liking the matchup this week. So bench him. There are plenty of other options. And last but not least, at tight end, a must-sit this week because I finally broke up with him and got an upgrade in Rob Gronkowski. Sit Jeremy Graham. He has been a huge disappointment uh, in fantasy owners this season. And the matchup against the Cardinals doesn't get easy. They give up the fewest fantasy points to tight ends on the road, and just in general. This is not a good matchup for Jimmy Graham. I think you, he needs to be on your waivers immediately. Forget everything I said back on my fantasy special because he is not the guy to carry you even in the fantasy playoffs. If you want to hear more, make sure you tune into the Okies on Friday where I'll elaborate more on some starts and sits for the remainder of the week. And also check Twitter at TalkIsOKalo for some more fantasy advice or if you just have any questions that I could help you with. Now, let's wrap up with some college basketball. Lastly, on talk is Okalo, the final segment we've reached. Da, 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 on a good game, the roundtable is gone, so it's just me and Mike. But you know what? It's okay because you know on Thursdays, we do it right here on talk is Okalo. And I haven't discussed this much. But I need to discuss a little college b-ball. I meant wanted to do this on my all-basketball podcast. But I think it, it's fair that we get in some, some talk right now with the month coming to an end going in um, to, to the remainder of basketball season. So, so far right now, there are some games that are going on part of the ACC Big Ten um, showdown. I think a majority of them is over. So there's regular conference play play again, but there were some good games on yesterday from Michigan beating down the UNC Tar Heels, and it crushes my heart because, you know, I bleed Tar Heel. Florida State getting it done against Purdue. Tennessee beating down Eastern Kentucky. Syracuse with the upset over Ohio State. Wisconsin getting it done against NC State. 
the big one, Duke and Indiana, Iowa taking care of business with Pittsburgh, and then Penn State upsetting. So there has been some good college ball. And then who could forget way back in the month when Gonzaga took down the mighty Duke Blue Devils. So before we even get back into the conversation of a little college b-ball, let's talk about the Duke Blue Devils. Because everybody has been hyping up this team, saying that this is the team of college basketball, comparing them to the UCLA Bruins of the of the 60s with John Wooden, even with Calipari's Wildcats back when they went undefeated 32-0 before getting stunned in the Final Four. Everybody's loving Zion Williams. Everybody is just loving the Duke Blue Devils. But they did fall to the Gonzaga Bulldogs. So, Mike, I first want to, to know, are you on the Duke hype train? What are you seeing in this Duke team that maybe I think that I'm too myopic to see? Maybe I just don't feel it with Coach K's team, or maybe it's just the UNC Blue and me, despite that they're the third best team in the country right now, despite losing to Gonzaga. I forgot to tell you the Blue Devils was my team. Ah! Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm buying all into this hype, man. And everybody, I hate the fact that everybody just wants to pick off that one game against Gonzaga. Like, oh my, Duke lost to Gonzaga. It's over with. It's over with. Mind you, we just played Indiana, which is which was a heavenly game. That game was pretty hyped up, just like the Gonzaga game, and we took care of business. You 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 played a team that's just based off of basketball tradition. They're, they're not – I don't think they're as competitive. They're not even ranked in the top 25, Mike. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Indiana's a fossil in basketball right now. They're, sorry to any Indiana Hoosiers fans. I'm not disrespecting your credibility in college basketball history. But, you know, you say that. But, it, I mean, it's it's just dinosaur bones, really, when, when you talk about the Indiana game. True, true. But the game was kind of hyped up as, oh, you guys lost to Gonzaga. Let's see you trip over there in the end. Now, every game down coming down forward is going to be watch Duke trip, watch Duke trip, watch, watch Zion. And everybody got so much hate on Zion. Like, he's the number one draft pick already, and everybody wants to, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, give Duke a chance. Do you, do you believe that he is the next LeBron James, though? I think that's a little too much. I don't think that's a little too much there at all. Have you seen the way this man took care of business the, the past few games? Like, like, I'll even give credit that Kentucky game when they played them way back in the year. They absolutely stunned me and John Calipari's team. Mm-hmm. They've looked really good mm-hmm. right now for the past few weeks. Um, other teams that I'm surprised, I'm not surprised about. You know, a team that hasn't been getting a love, a love to me right now, and it's just surprising. Kansas. You know, they're a top two team, but yet they're not getting the love. And look who they have. They have Gerald Vick. They have Marcus Garrett, who's a top tier draft pick. They got KJ Lawson, Charlie Moore, Chris TNN coming off the bench, Elijah Elliott, um, Udoka Azubuke, you know, Silvio De Sosa. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not talking about this Kansas team. And this is a team that's number two in the country, won five games. Why are not they getting the love? They even beat a top ranked Tennessee team for Christ's sakes. And then they soon got to take care of business in December with Villanova, the defending national champions. Why don't I mean? Come on! Why why isn't Kansas getting love? And do you even think that they stand close to Duke? I I think the reason why is because of their schedule. Uh, when they start getting to the heat of everything, I think everybody feels like Kansas is going to start losing those games. So they don't want to overhype Kansas just so far yet until they start playing those big games, and then we'll yeah. And number two, they're just sitting there off of luck. I believe. I'm sorry. 
really, you, you disrespecting Kansas. Like I said, they were to me a team that I saw in the final four other than Villanova um, getting it done for the national championship. But looking ahead though, uh, but so far this season, college basketball, any teams that you've liked so far ranked unranked that have been playing really well um, to, to even some surprise of expectations. Kentucky was playing pretty good. I don't know why they're sitting at number 10, though. Well, remember, that was a crushing loss they had to Duke to open up the season. Remember at Indiana uh, Bank Fieldhouse Arena? Um, that was brutal. And, and I remember watching that game, and I was saying, this Duke team is dangerous, but I still feel that they're still not going to produce up to the leg. I mean, 118-84. to 84, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's Duke. Duke taking care of it. That's why Duke is going to be the team. But... Kentucky, I mean, yeah, they lost that game, but number 10 spot is not a good spot. I mean, have they lost anything else? No. And, and look, and I think, you know, but you still look ahead at like Tennessee. Michigan just took care of business against uh, UNC. Auburn has been playing good. And even the Spartans, they've looked really well. But how about let's recap this game here between Michigan and North Carolina. What a game. Luke Maillet, I mean, he had 11 points. It was a collective team game. I mean, I mean, Luke Maia, that was for UNT. For Michigan, it was Ingus Brzezikas with the game, 24 points. Charlie Matthews, guard, 21 points. Jordan Poole, who's been carrying over some good success from their appearance in the uh, national uh, title game. This Michigan team, I think, is very underrated for a team that is hoping to get back into the Final Four um, and maybe hoping to get back and win a natty. And, and I think it's because Michigan being in the, in the Big Ten – you don't, you don't get. We're not talking football now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're talking basketball. Basketball ain't so hyped about the Big Ten. Like, 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 like maybe okay. Who you want to say? Ohio State? No, no. I don't see Michigan. Maybe Michigan not pulling this one off. I feel like Michigan is going to lose a couple. Wow, Mike, you're really you're really downgrading my the Wolverines. They look really good. I, if Jack was here, you probably couldn't say that to him with the way that they're going right now. Um, you know, I'm liking Tennessee. I really think that they're a surprise team right now on the come up. Nevada, how about where did they come out of nowhere? You know, and, and the games that they played so far, you know, um, they took down Loyola, Chicago, the the darlings of last year. It, you know, who, who would have thought that they would be number five? But I mean, this Wolfpack team, they haven't really played anybody, but but the, but you know, they've been getting a lot of preseason love. They like some of the players in there: Caleb Martin, Lindsey Drew. Jordan Caroline, Tashawn Thurman, you know, so even though the schedule, yeah, doesn't look good, doesn't look as promising. They don't look like they're playing a Duke or a UNC or even a, a North Carolina State Wolfpack. But I mean, still though, this core team, you know, I'm not sure if you watch Nevada Wolfpack basketball, but, you know, running the scheme that they do, they're really a good team, you know, and even for Virginia, another good team, 7-0, and streaking at the top of it. So I, I really do like it. Yeah, Virginia's sitting pretty good, too. I just want to see them keep it up. I don't think they really played anybody other than, what, Maryland? That, yeah. So, yeah, they, they're they they're one of those teams that you got to see them actually progress throughout the year, throughout the basketball season. Well, to me, it's, to me, it's like they're going to do well in the regular season, but can they do it come time when it matters most in the, in the championship? And a lot of people like to put Virginia, but they're such bracket busters. You know, so, you know, like I said, it, we have to, I think, really wait until after college football. But I'm really liking a little bit of college b-ball right now and the way that things are looking ahead. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm still I still think, though, that this Duke team will be good. 
but I, I, I can't see them winning the national championship despite the young core talent that they have. To me, at the end of the day, I think Villanova will pull it off. I mean, I think I, I want to see this team have a dynasty, you know, and win back to back to solidify themselves in college basketball lore. Where is Villanova on the map again? Pull that up real quick. Where where are they at on the map? Because they got a lot of work to do. Now I know I know they I know they you know like you said the championship glory, but come on now, this is a whole different year now. I mean, yes, they're five and two. They you know they they're um they're an ACC conference. It's really tough. They're I mean they got beat and bemused by Michigan, you know, and they and they did lose to Fearman. You know, that was a stunning upset. Nobody saw that coming. But, you know, it, like like you said, even um, back with NBA, Mike, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Look, do the games matter? Hell yes, they matter. But but I'm telling you, through and through, Villanova is going to pull through and they're going to do what they do best come time in that bracket buster. And I, that's why I see them, if not Gonzaga and Kansas, getting back and doing the damn job for it. Um, any other teams maybe you're liking so far from top 25 play? I mean, I'm surprised to see a lot of these schools, not surprised in terms of b-ball reference, but like, for example, Florida State, I know they have a good upcoming program. Um, you know, I'm surprised to see Virginia Tech, um, Ohio State, uh, Texas Tech, you know, who, who would have done Buffalo, Buffalo, where, where Buffalo, Buffalo 21? What? You know, Kansas State, they're starting to get back um, some, some high Auburn at number eight. Any teams maybe that you're liking from this list or teams that you're just surprised overall? I mean, I want to see Ohio State continue to jeez, run. Jeez, what is with you with the Buckeyes? I, I just love the Buckeyes, man. I'm happy to see them in the top 25. Uh, I just want to see great things. I want I want to see them at least. I don't want to rank them too high, but I want to see them go. I want to take. The, I want to see them take Kentucky spot, and Kentucky takes maybe Kansas spot. That's what I'm looking to see. Well, remember, this is still a, a keep on building type thing, so – uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. So a little college b-ball uh, talk there. So, but other than like Zion Williams, are there maybe any other players that maybe you see potentially um, from from any team? Duke, Gonzaga, Kansas. Any players that you're liking um, that maybe be underrated or maybe should be getting some team? Because for example, I look at Gonzaga. Right, Josh Perkins, underrated guard. He has been playing, I think, a very good season so far uh, for this team. And, you know, his stats over the past few games, especially from that win against Duke. I mean, I'm pulling it up right now, but let, let me let me show you how good Josh Perkins is. I mean, everybody, yes, um, you can hype up um, Zion Williams, but let me let me tell you about his, his game. He averages 30 minutes per game. He has a high field goal percentage of 53.538%, uh, uh, right? You, you look at his point totals. You know, against Duke, yes, he had nine, but he had 18 against Arizona. And remember, college can sometimes be high and low, but he's a really building-type player. And I think just a core piece, I look at, you know, his steals. He had um, he had two TOs. He had, he had, he's a huge rebounder, really loves to go for the, for the chunk after the net. So I, I like him, even though he's not getting the headlines for the points and the bonanzas, he's still, I think, a quality player around the net. Um, to to really play around the parameter um, offensively and defensively. What about you? Any other players? It's this player on Michigan. I cannot name his name. Uh, it was a game I was watching. I was just impressed at what, what he was. Was it Charles Matthews? Uh, was yeah, it? Yeah, it was yeah, Charles yeah, Matthews, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I'm gonna keep looking at him though, because I I want to I want to see him progress though. I was because I don't really watch Michigan games like that, unless they're playing an Ohio State game or something like that. So I, I really was gonna take a look at him and actually just you know keep my eyes on him to see what what he brings to the table. Look at what he did uh, from the Villanova game to the George Washington game, and even last night against North Carolina, yeah. he had 21.7 rebounds, an assist, a block, you know, and he had 19 points. He's a really good scorer around the perimeter. I think, you know, a lot of the scouts need to maybe look at Charles Johnson, I mean, Charles Matthews, and really see a potential player there. Yeah, and I think he's going to be able to take Michigan to, you know, probably some good good heights. I don't want to say they win at all, but some good heights. Well, predicting a little ahead, I guess, for when college, I guess, picks up some more steam, what could we maybe see out of the standings? Do you think Duke reclaims number one? Do you think Gonzaga, Kansas remains the same? Give me maybe a bold prediction uh, to wrap up Talk is Okay Low today with regards to the remainder of uh, college basketball since there's so much left to be played. Uh, the boldest prediction I can come up with is Gonzaga falling all the way down to 14. Duke coming up to number one. Kansas falling deeply down. Uh, I like to say Michigan takes number two. Um, Whoa, you're giving a lot of love to Michigan despite a Buckeye boy. Yeah, yeah, but Ohio State will be right behind them at number three. <laughs> maybe Kentucky comes to number five. I, I like to see the I like to see the whole top five change. I just I just hate the top five right now. Whoa, 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 Mike. Look, I, I'm just saying this. Look, I, I'll admit the top five it isn't to my liking just because Villanova isn't nowhere where it needs to be. Um I'll say this, Virginia, um, I, I see them, I think, you know, keeping where they are in right now. I would just say that their biggest test will come in the brand new year when they got to play uh, Florida State at home. And then they got to play Virginia Tech then 10 days later. But, you know, Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunter, you know, these are some really good players, um, a part of that team. I think they stay there for a while. I think, though, Villanova gets back up, um, you know, Tennessee – I think remains in that position. I'll say this. I'll go bold. I'll say Michigan State. I love Tommy Izzo. I love the program there. But for some reason or another, I just see them going down um, maybe to, I want to say, even close to maybe where they're outside of the top 25. And I know it's it's weird to say that of a Tommy Izzo team, but I'm not seeing a superstar or anything come out of Michigan State that's getting me giddy about them. You know, that's, and you know, they lost their last game recently in the um, big 12 um, ACC challenge, big 10 ACC challenge to Louisville. Who's not even ranked. There is not even close to where they were uh, two, three years ago. So um, I just don't see them. They, they need a player to step up for me in order to get me back on the train for it. I think Auburn maybe gets down. All I'm just saying is this, maybe the next time, um, when we when we when football season's over and we start paying attention first two weeks outside of um, college football, maybe even the um, M- NFL playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if Villanova, Kentucky, Gonzaga, Kansas, uh, and Duke are the top five teams um, come by again. And I'll say this: Virginia is six. I'm gonna say. I'm going to say an outside team even gets in the top 25, the University of Houston. Um, I say North Carolina, they get get slumped out of the doldrums a little bit. And I see actually Florida State going up at least to number 11. So that's as bold as I'll get. 
because I still feel like I haven't watched enough. But I think just from the assessment that I've seen so far from the teams that have been on television and, and you know, some teams that I've been focusing on, um, I think that's what we're going to see um, come time maybe when things pick up a little more steam. You know, I mean, we're just like seven, eight games in, you know, so there's still a lot of building and a lot of breathing room to do. I agree. I agree. I agree. It, was, it, it, it still, still is kind of too early to do all this, but I still want that top five to be kind of rearranged, but hopefully that happens throughout the rest of it. I'm going to be paying attention a lot to Give it a week, Mike. You know, so like they said, there's still plenty of time for the season, but we are out of time on Talk Is Okay Low. Don't worry, guys. If I, if I miss something, I promise to mention it back on a later episode, such as the UEFA Champions League. Don't worry. I plan to talk about that for any soccer fans coming up soon. That'll be on the episode post the Oki Awards, by the way. Uh, for all you voters, thank you so much for tuning in. And I wish I could give you uh, guys, Michael and Eric's um, uh, Twitter, Instagram, but they had to leave us. But it's okay because we turned up the dial today. And um, it's always, again, always having a pleasure, Mike, on the show. So, Mike, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you know, we're looking forward to tonight's game between the Cowboys and the Saints. Anything just from what we discussed from NBA to college b-ball to the playoff predictions, what anything you want to say to the Okaloholics and just the fans out there? Uh, well, I always want to say go Cowboys. Um, uh, just as we was talking about basketball being a marathon, not a sprint uh, for college and NBA, we just need these guys to uh, – show consistency from every level so that way like the underrated teams can get on top the big teams can fall and things like that and um yeah yeah i'm gonna end off with just a little um note here um first off i just wanted to let the peeps know that you know for ben rottlesberger don't worry about his comments you know this is just what big ben does he just gets critical and upset when we lose um, I know I didn't mention it on today's show, but you know, it, it's something I feel I need to get out there. Um, I'll also say what else? Hmm. I also say Kawhi drops buckets tonight. Uh, the Yankees are going to get a pitcher soon. And from our conversations today, um, I'm just looking forward to, to championship Saturday. I think this is, this is what we live for. And I know Friday is going to be the first affair. So, no less, we're going on Fox to watch um, the Pac-12 title game go down. Most definitely. Most definitely. I forgot about college football. Big, big week, big weekend ahead. Make sure you guys watch all the games. Uh, if your team lose, sorry. If your team win, congrats to you. Um, and Alabama's still going to be number one, man. <laughs> we'll see come uh, Sunday. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of Talk is Okay. Well, remember, Okie's coming up. Uh, and then we're soon going to come in the week, discuss a little Heisman Trophy uh, candidacy and more. Your hostess with the Moses, the Ayatollah of Sports Amora, signing out today. Enjoy your games uh, this weekend. Remember, Okie's Fantasy Awards to be given out. I hope you all have a had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope everything goes well for the rest of your weekend because it's going to be a great weekend because you're going to make it awesome, whether your team is up or down. Find a way and just enjoy some good ball. Enjoy, like I mentioned, everybody. Peace out.